Welcome back to ABC News Live. I'm Diane Macedo. Our top stories this morning, legal bombshells for two close Trump associates, his former campaign chair, Paul Manafort, and his former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, both guilty on eight felonies each. The president is reacting this morning. But first, here are your headlines. Facebook now says it has pulled down over 600 fake accounts, groups, and pages for what the social network calls inauthentic behavior. California Congressman Duncan Hunter is accused of using a quarter million dollars in campaign funds to pay for personal expenses. The Republican has been pulled from his congressional committees. Leaders at Ohio State University meet today to discuss the future of head football coach Urban Meyer. The board will review an independent investigative committee's report into whether Urban Meyer was aware of and properly reported allegations of domestic abuse against one of his coaches in 2015. Ohio State University President Michael Drake says he'll announce his decision on Meyer's future after giving the appropriate time for consideration. And if the markets close up again today, it'll be a record day. The longest bull market in history. It's been running since March of 2009. The ABC News exclusive with pop superstar Ariana Grande. She's opening up about how she's moving forward from that deadly attack after at her concert in Manchester. The sense of community that I saw in response to what happened was the best example of humanity. Ariana Grande's highly anticipated fourth studio album, Sweetener, now ruling the charts. Number one globally, an engaged actor and comedian, Pete Davidson. How did you know Pete was the one for you? I mean, it's just like a feeling, you know? That's so cheesy, like, people are always like, when you know, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, whatever, okay. And a sign of autumn for some coffee lovers, Starbucks now says the pumpkin spice latte will go back on sale August 28th. The drink, which first went on sale 15 years ago, only recently began getting real pumpkin. Hi, everyone. We're going to start things off with those two legal blows to two close Trump associates. His former campaign chair, Paul Manafort, was found guilty on eight different counts looking at bank and tanks fraud charges while at nearly the same time Trump's former personal attorney Michael Cohen was pleading guilty to campaign finance violations and other fraud and pointing the finger at President Trump. A lot to unpack here. Pierre Thomas starts us off with a look at the Manafort case and Pierre Manafort was found guilty on eight counts mistrial on the other ten. What does this mean for Manafort and what does it mean for the president? Diane, good morning. The former chairman of the Trump campaign is now a convicted felon facing a maximum of 80 years in prison. He won't get nearly that much time, but he's facing years of incarceration, perhaps nearly a decade in prison. The jury convicting him of eight felonies, including tax evasion, bank fraud, and failing to disclose an overseas bank account. So despite failing to convict on those 10 other charges, the jury nonetheless issued a stinging verdict, Diane. And Pierre, this case wasn't you know, tied to Russia collusion related to the campaign, but it is the first case brought by special counsel Robert Mueller, who of course is investigating that. So what does this mean for the Russia investigation going forward? 
It was an important win for Robert Mueller, make no mistake. Remember, Manafort was at that meeting at Trump Tower when the Russians came in allegedly promising to give dirt on Hillary Clinton. And what Manafort may know about Russia collusion is a major reason why federal prosecutors keep putting such incredible pressure on him. The president is well aware of all this pressure. He does not like it. And yesterday he again indicated Manafort has been treated unfairly. Take a look. So this is far from over for Manafort. He faces yet another trial set to start on September 17th. He's sitting down right now in jail on allegations of witness tampering in connection with that upcoming trial, Diane. And Pierre, he hasn't cooperated with prosecutors yet, but is there any indication that he still might? Well, yesterday his attorneys, after saying that he felt, uh, they felt that he got a fair trial, uh, said that basically all options are on the table for him to consider. So we don't know what's going to happen going forward. So uh, we'll have to stay tuned to that. But the man is under tremendous pressure, again, sitting in jail, already facing years in prison. All right. Pierre Thomas there for us. Pierre, thank you so much. You've been great. Right on top of this Pleasure. case, even standing in the rain for us. And we always <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, just minutes after that Manafort verdict came down, the president's former personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, pleaded guilty to campaign finance violations and other frauds, saying that he paid hush money to Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal at the direction of then-candidate Trump. Karen Travers has more on that case and the president's reaction this morning. Karen, one of the big things that came out of this is Cohen said that one or more campaign officials helped him with that Stormy's Daniels deal. Explain why that's so important. Well, first, because that was something we didn't know at this point, and then it ties it directly to an effort to influence the campaign. A couple weeks ago, the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, said uh, after they had acknowledged that this payment had happened and that the president repaid his lawyer, Michael Cohen, they said it was really to protect the family, to protect the president's marriage. It had nothing to do with the campaign. Now, certainly, if other campaign officials were in the loop on this and discussing it, that adds another layer to it. And yesterday, Michael Cohen did say that he took that action at the direction of the candidate for federal office, a reference to President Trump, uh, in order to influence the election. So this is where the questions come up now about what, if any, campaign finance laws were violated and what legal implications that has for President Trump. And I know he also plead, uh, pleaded guilty to some bank charges and some tax charges. Explain what those are. 
Yeah, this was uh, related to business deals, related to the taxi cab medallions that he had. And of course, officials here are going to say that has nothing to do with President Trump. These are things that came out as part of an investigation into Michael Cohen. Remember, there was a very close, tight relationship between the president and his personal attorney. He wasn't just his lawyer. He was his fixer. He was a confidant. He was somebody who said he would take a bullet for the president. That all changed in April when federal authorities raided Michael Cohen's home, his office, and his hotel room that he was staying in and found these documents and information that allowed them to build this case for financial crimes for Michael Cohen. All right, so the big question for the White House now is, is what's going to come out of these campaign finance violations? The other big question is, Will Cohen cooperate with prosecutors? What do we know about that? Yeah, there was nothing explicit in the agreement yesterday uh, that said that Cohen, you know, now was cooperating, but it wasn't explicitly that he wasn't. So we'll see how that plays out now and if that comes up in the future. The president and his lawyers are now going to try and discredit Michael Cohen. Uh, you had the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, say in a statement yesterday that the prosecutors in New York were highlighting what they say was a pattern of lies and dishonesty from Michael Cohen over an extended period of time. So Rudy Giuliani essentially saying, you can't believe any allegations that Michael Cohen is making about the president. Even the prosecutors are saying he's a liar. The president himself today was tweeting, uh, saying essentially that Michael Cohen was making things up in order to get out of trouble. It's something we've heard from the president before when Michael Cohen has made claims that the president knew about that Trump Tower meeting. They're trying to paint him as a liar and thus you can't believe anything he is saying and that he's only doing it to get himself out of trouble. All right. And Karen, what's on the president's schedule today as if he doesn't have enough to think about at the yeah. moment? It's actually a pretty quiet public schedule. He's going to have lunch with his uh, defense secretary, Jim Mattis, coming up shortly. And then later he will award a posthumous Medal of Honor to an Air Force sergeant, tech sergeant uh, for courageous efforts and heroism in a battle in Afghanistan in 2002. Diane, as of right now, there is no White House briefing on the schedule. A lot of questions for Sarah Sanders, of course. Uh, we'll see if that gets added later today. All right, Karen Travers from the White House for us. Thanks, Karen. And stay with us. Coming up on ABC News Live, we have the latest in the Molly Tibbetts murder investigation. We'll be right back. ABC News, straightforward. Almost every home here has sustained damage from this storm. The roof is like three houses down, and the roof, I think it's right there. We're glad you're okay. Oh, thank you. You can see the police barricade. You can hear the gunfire just around this wall, these extremists. So this is one of those checks. And around the corner here are the children. What's your name? Tonight, several developing stories as we come on the air. Back on the job. Yeah, back in the job. I'll build my country back. You've been doing it this way for more than 100 years. It's that important to you. How are you? How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. ABC's World News Tonight with David Muir is America's most watched newscast. And we thank you. So good. Ooh, hello. Ooh. Look at that. 
It's just one click away. It has everything right there. Oh, the wellness section. Any exercise that I can find, I'm just like, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love the deals in Stu. I am a foodie, so I do love the foodie app. I'm new to cooking, so getting these easy recipes has been super sweet. The lifestyle pieces are really cool. Amazing. The new goodmorningamerica.com. Goodmorningamerica.com. I love it, and they love it. I've never seen nothing like this. Can I get an amen? Oh yeah, girl, I'm down with it. The new Welcome back to ABC News Live. We want to get right to that tragic news in Iowa. Police say they have arrested a man in the murder of Molly Tibbetts after he led them to her body. Alex Perez has more from Brooklyn, Iowa on the investigation. And Alex, it sounds like the big break in this case was surveillance video. Yeah, that's right, Diane. The surveillance video investigators say was a key. They got about 4,000 tips from the public over the last few weeks, but it wasn't until they got this surveillance video that came from the camera on a resident's home that they were able to piece this all together and track down the suspect. I talked to one of the investigators, one of the lead investigators uh, with the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation. Let's take a quick listen right now to what he told me about how all of this, the investigation, came together. A tragic end, and all of us were hoping for for a much better outcome. First of all, for obviously from Molly and for her family, but as this developed and we we received this video late last week, investigators went through the video, which took hours and hours and hours, frame by frame and in real time motion, and and eventually saw Molly on the video. Uh, led us to Mr. Rivera, identifying the vehicle and identifying Mr. Rivera that was the owner of the vehicle and ultimately tracking him down and, and he was cooperative with us, you know, it, it, with, with that part of the investigation and, and through some of the information that he gave us, it was, it was obvious that he was responsible for Molly's disappearance and, and homicide and he ultimately led us to where her remains were found yesterday morning. So that surveillance video, as you heard the investigator say there, was a key. Now, Molly Tibbetts, University of Iowa student, 20 years old, disappeared back on July 18th. Investigators have been looking for her ever since. I want you to take a look on the other side here. This is downtown uh, Brooklyn, Iowa, small downtown, just about a block there. But that downtown area sort of became the center point, the meeting area for so many in this community who were hoping to find answers uh, about Molly and where she was, hoping that she would come back alive. But unfortunately, now they are dealing with the reality of things and trying to really process all of this. Now, authorities say 24-year-old Christian Rivera, the suspect uh, who is now in custody, he's been charged with a first-degree murder. They say, as you heard the investigators uh, tell us there, he confessed to this crime and then he led them to uh, Molly's remains. Uh, so that uh, investigation here uh, still Continuing forward, the suspect expected to make his first appearance in court later today. Um, in terms of a motive, Diane, investigators are still kind of holding that close to them, and they haven't revealed any of those details just yet. Well, I know they also said that he was in the country illegally. Is there any indication as to what he was doing in the United States and how he got here? 
Well, you know, we don't have a lot of details yet about uh, the suspect's uh, immigration status. We do know investigators have told us he was in the country illegally. His employer, a farmer, farm company here uh, in this area, Yerby Farms, they tell us he's been an employee there for the last four years. They say he did pass the E-Verify system, which is used to uh, uh, prove that you're allowed to work here in this country. Now, of course, this has been a, a polarizing topic here in this area and across the country in terms of immigration. Uh, President Trump even talking about the case here involving Molly Tibbetts on the campaign rally or at a rally in West Virginia yesterday. Let's take a listen to what the president had to say. You heard about today with the illegal alien coming in very sadly from Mexico. And you saw what happened to that incredible, beautiful young woman. Should have never happened illegally in our country. So uh, this case now uh, getting the governor of Iowa and so many others uh, to tweet and talk about uh, the immigration system, once again, calling it broken and saying that changes need to be made. Diane? And Alex, I know her brother and father were in court yesterday. What do they have to say about all this? Well, the suspect is due in court later today, uh, Diane, but the family has from day one uh, really put their trust uh, in investigators and say they, they believe in what authorities are doing and they, they believe that authorities were going to be able to piece together what exactly happened to their daughter. Um, but as you might imagine right now, uh, this is devastating. It's devastating to the community. It's particularly, especially devastating to the family. Um, this is not the outcome that anyone here wanted. Absolutely. So much heartache there. Alex Perez from Brooklyn, Iowa. Alex, thank you. And now to another story just full of heartache. New developments in that Colorado murder case. The father, who has been charged with killing his pregnant wife and his two daughters, also appeared in court. This is friends are starting to reveal a little bit more about their apparently complicated relationship. Clayton Sandell is in Greeley, Colorado with the latest on that. And Clayton, this guy claims it was his wife who actually killed the two kids. Do prosecutors seem to be giving credit to that story? Uh, in a word, Diane, no. No, they do not. Prosecutors do not believe that Shanann Watts killed her own children, Celeste and Bella, ages three and four. Uh, they say the responsibility for that crime rests solely on the shoulders of Shanann's husband, Chris Watts. He has now been charged with first-degree murder, and it's a little confusing because even though there are only three victims, uh, they have charged him with five counts of first-degree murder because in the state of Colorado, if you uh, have a victim who is under the age of 12, in this case, both girls were, then they can add another count. So that's why there are five. Uh, he is also charged with unlawful termination of a pregnancy. That is a relatively new law here in Colorado uh, because uh, Shanann Watts was 15 weeks pregnant uh, when he allegedly murdered her. Uh, and then he is also charged with several counts of, of evidence tampering. Uh, if he is convicted of any or all of these charges, the judge told Watts in court yesterday in this courtroom right behind me here. He said that uh, Watts could be facing anywhere from life in prison to possibly the death penalty. But at this point, the district attorney says it's still too early for them to make a decision on whether or not this is going to be a death penalty case. All right. And of course, the big question is not only why do you kill your spouse if that is what happened, but also why why anyone would kill the children involved in all of this. What are friends saying about their relationship? 
Yeah, friends have told us that, that their relationship was definitely frayed. Uh, they had been married about eight years, um, and one friend, Nicole Atkinson, that we uh, have spoken with extensively, said that uh, she was very close with Shanann and that Shanann had confided in her that recently, within the last weeks and months, Chris had become distant. He was not as affectionate. He was not as uh, uh, affectionate with the children. Uh, he was just acting kind of strangely uh, to the extent that uh, Nicole says Shanann even got a relationship help book uh, a couple of weekends ago and was reading it and trying to figure out what she needed to do next to try and fix her marriage. She says uh, Nicole tells us that she Shanann wanted to fix her marriage, that she did not want to separate from Chris. Uh, but as we learned from the police affidavit a couple of days ago, um, perhaps what started all of this, Chris uh, apparently telling police that he wanted to separate from Shanann and also that affidavit revealing that Chris was apparently having uh, a rather intense affair with a co-worker. So uh, definitely the relationship was not in good shape. And Clean, I know their friends have been starting to speak out. Have we heard anything from either his family or her family? We haven't heard much. Uh, her father, Frank uh, Rusak, uh, spoke out a few days ago uh, at a press conference. Uh, but I got to tell you, he said uh, everything he needed to say yesterday in court just by his body language. We were, again, on the third floor of this courthouse right behind us. And uh, Frank Rusak, Shanann's father, and her brother, Frank Jr., were both in the front row of the court. Uh, I was behind them and kind of in between where Chris Watts was sitting. And it was heartbreaking. Uh, her dad sat forward. He had his hands in his face. He was crying uh, and uh, at other times staring very intently at Chris Watts. Uh, really heavy emotion going on in that courtroom. Uh, so, you know, they kind of they kind of set it all right there in court. Yeah, just so much pain for that family. All right, Clayton Sandell there in Colorado Forest. Thank you, Clayton. And now let's get over to the weather. Hawaii is now bracing for a hurricane as the rest of the country prepares. Well, a lot of it. For rain, let's get over to Ginger Z with that forecast. Ginger? Diane, thank you. Let's get right into Hurricane Lane because now the Category 5, first Category 5 to be this close to the Hawaiian Islands, it's making its way even closer. Uh, the path is just west of most of the islands and the impacts are going to be huge, especially in the way of surf. High surf up to 25 feet on south-facing beaches. The hurricane warning around the Big Island, the watch, which is just a function of time. It will eventually become a warning. Uh, the flash flood watches um, in place for all the islands because you could see rain up to 20 inches. So let's look at that path, which did move a little farther west, which is always a good thing. But remember, the right side of a hurricane is always the strongest. That's where the most water is going to pile up. Um, luckily, because of the shape of the island, storm surge, not as much of an issue. But don't forget, when you have a high mountain or even hill, you get a little bit of rain, now you get up to 20 inches of rain, and you can have flash flooding, mudslides, and debris flows. So that's probably the biggest concern here tonight through Friday. Then you look at what's happening on the East Coast. More water rescues. We have been inundated. Parts of Pennsylvania now marking their wettest summers on record. So everybody asking, can we please just dry out? We can. It's going to happen after this cold front, at least for a couple of days. That big high is going to move in and bring us some drier summer-like weather. Can't say the same for the monsoon area there. This video from Utah, the flash flooding, the muddy waters rolling down the streets there, shutting parts of the highway there, actually, very temporarily. Um, but you'll see more of those flash floods with the monsoon in Utah. Uh, Colorado and of course Arizona. Look up at the air quality though, still an issue 
from Idaho and Montana back through Oregon and Washington State, that little trough that has trapped all that air is still kind of holding on, and it's going to keep the air in that poor quality. Um, Monsoon-wise, you could see some of these places reaching up to four inches of rain way north of Tucson. So that's a look at kind of the whole nation, but we're definitely going to be focused on lane at going forward. Diane. All right, a mixed bag for us, Ginger Z, with the weather forecast. Thanks, Ginger. And that does it for us here at ABC News Live. But remember, you can catch all the day's headlines all day long at abcnews.com or at our ABC News app. For ABC News Live, I'm Diane Macedo. Thanks for watching, everyone. Have a great day.